Hey, this is PJ Riff Randall Souls, and this is Day Kate Rambo Young, <laughs> and you're listening to the, half, the Halfway to, to Sanity, Sanity Podcast. Chappie, chappie, hey. Hey, hey, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so for the first time in the 80s, we get another A from Johnny. It's an A minus, but it's still, it's, it's an improvement. All of a sudden, we all got along and stopped worrying about making a hit record. This was our best record of the 80s. John? False. I mean, it's a, it's a great record, but um, as we have heard the other 80s records, um, I, I don't necessarily agree. It is a great record. I mean, it's an uneven as hell record. It's not that great because of that, but it has so many of the <laughs> it's great record. Well, it's not I that mean, great. So, nine out of thirteen songs. We we that, depart from the twelve song. That's pretty good. Three aren't great, and one's bad. There's a bad song on here, but it came out October first, eighty four, beginning of fourth grade for me. And the tracks are "Mama's Boy," old. "I'm Not Afraid of Life," old. Yeah, true. "Too Tough to Die," "Durango '95." The Ramones' only instrumental track, Warthog, Danger Zone, Chasing the Night, Howling at the Moon, Shalala, Daytime Dilemma, Dangers of Love, Planet Earth, 1988, Humankind, Endless Vacation, and No Go. And this is also Tommy coming back. Uh, this is produced by Tommy Ramone and, and Stasium. So uh, we do get the return of uh, a, uh, a original member along with... Uh, and Stasium, who, uh, so we, we've gone away from the producers who maybe are, were a little more mainstream, and, and the band went back, and I, I think as far as, uh, as far as the sound of the record, I, I think it's a definite improvement over the last, uh, record we listened to, of course, and, and, um, uh, I, I, I think it, I think it sounds better than Pleasant Dreams, uh, although Pleasant Dreams is a, is a better record for me, I, I think the sound of the record itself, and we're only talking about the sound of the record, is uh, is an improvement. And it's it, it's a return to form is in it that the, way, no matter... Yeah. I mean, like, sound-wise, it sounds like the early records. Is it the best-produced one of the 80s? That's where I'm at. I think I would... I would, I would probably agree with production, that. Production, uh, yeah. I, I don't have any complaints about how this record sounds. It sounds great. It sounds like a Ramones record. I think that I'd have to do a side-by-side comparison with Animal Boy, which also has excellent production. I don't know that I don't know that I can say this is better produced, but they're neck and neck, I think. I don't know. I, I think, uh, you know, we'll talk more about Animal Boy here in the next one, but, uh, but I, I, think, I think the guitars sound better on this record. Animal Boy, I think the... Um, the guitars can sound a little overproduced at times. Yeah, it's not as true. it's you know the the Ramones do need a uh, you know as polished as they can sound at times. They do need a little bit of raw sound to them, and and this record has has a more raw sound than I think Animal Boy does. So I, I would give this record the I think I would have to give this record the best sounding record of the eighties, and uh, you know then we'll start talking about the songs, and uh, we'll we'll go downhill from here. <laughs> Yeah, this record overall was one that I thought was one of my favorite Ramones records. Um, and I think it's just that some of the strong songs are so strong that I kind of ignore the, the weaker songs. And I'm realizing 
I might actually like the last couple Ramones records more than Too Tough to Die, which is Ugh. which is something I wasn't <laughs> expecting um, overall. All right, John. So far, you've made a lot of sense a lot of the time. That's ridiculous. This, I think the strong songs in this I, song are stronger. We're, than we're finally getting a riff between that side of the uh, of the I mean, table there. That's look, awesome. I'll admit I had a soft spot for this album, and I thought I liked it more than I do. Like I remember this album being great. I listened to this album. As far as besides the classic first few, I listened to this album way more than Subterranean Jungle, way more than End of the Century, really. I mean, even that's, Road to Run. I used to listen to this album a lot as a kid, like a whole lot. And um, some of it really does not hold up. I mean, one of the cool things about punk music is uh, when it's simple, it, it ends up not being dated. I mean, you have early punk records that aren't the slightest bit dated. Some of the songs on here are incredibly dated both um, recording-wise, lyrically, everything else. But um, but it also has some of the best Ramones songs on it, so it's a oh, very yeah. mixed... It's a much more mixed album than I remember it being. Yeah, I, I thought it was a very solid album before, and then listening to this compared to the other ones, I think I... we've had a couple, couple really strong albums leading up this one, and I think this was a little bit of a letdown, but... It gets a pass because it sounds so much better. Ah, uh, see, I, I, I think it sounds so much better, and it has so many like the, the great highs songs. Are the highs very are high. high. Yeah, I mean, yeah nine the songs, bad songs are so bad. definitely has to be put above Subterranean Jungle. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, but it kind of. I don't think every, I don't. I don't put it above every time. It sneaks really? up on me though how good this record oh, is okay. because like the bad songs on here are terrible, and it takes almost nine minutes to get to a good song on this record. <laughs> well, and that's something very strong, and right. it's a fucking instrumental. Right, so when you start the album, after not having listened to it in a while, you get Mama's Boy, I'm Not Afraid of Life, and Too Tough to Die, which is like three like not great songs in a row. It's like not cool to start the album that way. Um, and then Durango 95, which they started live sets with, that's when the album begins. That's when you're like, this is a great song. Um, it's just the album starts here. You know, That's what it feels like. Um, and part of it's the association, I guess, with that being an opening for them live in their last few years. But still, um, didn't realize that was a uh, Durango's actually a Johnny song. Johnny, oh uh, really? Yeah. Um, it, just just looking at the. Uh, um, it's we, also a um, the name is a Clockwork Orange reference. That's the car driven in a Clockwork Orange, and the cover album cover is supposed to also remind one of a Clockwork Orange. That's what they were going for. But um, yeah, the Durango 95 is what they were driving in the early 70s in the movie in A Clockwork Orange. I, I don't they... know if that's in the book, too, probably. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a rough going on the first three. You know, uh, I guess we can go track by track if, if anybody has anything uh, different to say on it. I, I don't have anything good to say about the th- first uh, three songs. Mama's Boy uh, was a Johnny, Dee Dee, Tommy collaboration uh according to the uh to the wikipedia here we don't know this off our heads we are cheating i guess out of those three i i'd rather listen to mama's boy than the other two i would take Uh, too tough to die over mama's boy uh, no no i I might but just barely no they're very similar songs i feel yes they're they're, both very bad they're very interchangeable um well, you have a terrible t- stutter you, part. Yeah, you get ma 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 versus ta 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 ta. So whatever you know, you pick your poison there, I guess. Um, I mean, I don't. Are I you don't more think... of a mama's boy or a ta 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 tough guy? That's what you have to decide in choosing which your favorite one is. Yeah, both of those songs are less bad than I'm Not Afraid of Life. Can't yeah, I that, just one is, yeah, that, that one is that one is that one really drags. Yeah, I'll pick the shortest one of those uh, <laughs> uh, of those. So I guess I'll go with Mama's Boy at, at That's fair. just a little over two minutes. 
Well, what's weird about this album, amongst other things, not to depart from the track by track thing, but it's like it took them until 1984 to try to um, incorporate a couple of like hardcore elements, and it's just weird because you know it was the first time the Ramones were like trying to sound like kinds of punk bands that they had influenced, and it was very strange because in the 70s is when that musical form started. And they made quite a few albums after hardcore was a thing and a popular thing before they were like, it just seemed like kind of a commercial choice. The kids listening to Black Flag might like us if we play a couple of fast hardcore songs. Very strange choice and strange timing. But then on the very album where they're going for that, they have as their second song, the dragger, I'm Not Afraid of Life, which is the opposite of hardcore. It's like... Buzzkill. Yeah, yeah, that song is. Uh, oof. How was that, that for me rambling? <laughs> <laughs> that that's. Uh, I I I feel like I've said it before, but I I I won't harken back to to other podcasts. But that one is is up there as one of one of the worst Ramon songs for me. Uh, yeah, that's a like that's wow, probably, that's I, a bottom uh, ten song. That's it sounds like Punishment Fits the Crime, which isn't a, a bottom song. It has a similar kind of feel. I to would it. listen to Punishment Fit the Crime any time over. I'm not afraid of life. I agree because uh, I kind of like Punishment Fits the Crime. <laughs> I I don't. John John, you and I are gonna have a, a at least a small uh, kinship here in the next uh, few records because I I don't hate a uh, do I don't do I don't hate Punishment that, like do Art think does. Punishment hates the crime is better or worse than I'm not afraid of life. But it's a tough twice. Yeah, you have know, to pick. You, you have gun to your head. You got to pick one. Punishment Fits the Crime is worse. That's a bad. That's yeah, a bad. thinks it. I haven't listened to it in a while because I haven't forced myself to revisit that record yet. You know, I, I don't know. That's a few good songs, yeah. isn't it? But, uh, yeah, I, I, I definitely would have to This say is that. one I just uh, always skip. I'm not afraid of life. It's, yeah, it's bad. I'm not it, it, Mama's it, it, Boy, I, Too Tough to Die, perfectly fine to listen to. I'm not afraid of life. Uh, that one well, is. Yeah, I'm not, afraid of, I'm not afraid of life, and She Talks to Rainbows are, 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 are two songs that I think are absolutely unlistenable. Well, in I, the, have a, you know, I have a in very the, different opinion on She yeah, Talks I know. to Rainbows. Yeah, well, I, I know you do, and we'll, we'll get to that. Well, uh, one uh, of the things we've talked about in a few weeks. Everyone's had their moments of. Between our um, our opinions and our comedic genius uh, moments, we've all had our moments of like smart clarity. And um, Pat once said that even when the Ramones are playing other styles of music, it still sounds like the Ramones. Do you feel that way when um, they play hardcore songs or when they play whatever "I'm Not Afraid of Life" is? Um, like does does um, Warthog and um, and Endless Vacation, do those sound like the Ramones? And does I'm Not Afraid of Life sound like the Ramones? Warthog sounds like the Ramones. Maybe that's just because it was on Mania. And that was, for the longest time, that was the Ramones to me. Uh, so Warthog, as far as the hardcore songs go, I think works better than fucking Endless Vacation. See, I love Endless I Vacation. Love I, I really I really do. They're, they're two of the bright spots on this record. Uh, uh, you know... We we talked about in the last podcast a little bit, uh, you know, just speaking of Dee Dee showing up uh, uh, singing "Time Bomb." Now we get a completely different Dee Dee, uh, much uh, uh, much more forceful lyric uh, uh, singing style on this, and it works. It, it breaks it up nicely. Um, I couldn't. I I don't know if I could really imagine like a Joey doing Warthog and and it and it working. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think, I think that's. I think part of the the difference 
from Time Bomb to his vocal performances on Too Tough to Die is Dee Dee was definitely the punk one. He was the punk dude in the band, and these are Dee Dee songs in the 80s. This is the style of stuff that he wanted to be doing. You know, he wasn't the Joey was the pop guy. So for him to do a song like Time Bomb, it's fine for him to write that song for Joey to do, but... Yeah, and, and both of these songs also had Johnny uh, in, in as a in as a writer. Uh, so we are seeing a little more Johnny on, on this particular record uh, as well, um, especially on, on a bit of the harder tracks, which is what he favored anyways. But I, but I will have to say, I, I, I actually I have a soft spot for both of the Dee Dee songs on this record. I think they're great. I, I, I think they're great. You know, I, I, I've loved Warthog for years. I, I love it when... Uh, you know when C when C J does it, I, I like listen Absolutely. to C J sing uh, sing Warthog. I just think it's so if I can listen to two different vocalists do it, it it's it's a good it's a good track. I, I at least for me, anyways. So like that's one of the things where like Warthog's a good song. I don't really care for a lot of the more hardcore stuff on this record, and that's the stuff that drags it down because the the pop songs on this are so good. They're great and. Yeah. You know, you get these flashes of just... It's almost like two different records. And it's well, just like the... Three different records, because like, I don't know what the hell I'm not afraid of. Lo- the first <laughs> well, three a, songs. Like, yeah, wow, okay. what is that? They're like... Yeah, you're well, right. Well, there's a few songs later on, too, that, that you could right. kind of uh, lump in there as well. It, it really well, you have the hardcore a, stuff, the pop stuff, and then you have whatever this other thing is. It's yeah, like Slightly it, political, slightly... Uh, uh, like lethargic, like slow, like, but they're not metal. They're just sort of like bad, which makes you... Th- Want to say metal? But. <laughs> They're no crocus. They're no crocus. <laughs> That's the metal band to end all metal bands. So first three, yeah. It, it, I, it, I just don't understand how "Too Tough to Die" and "Mama's Boy" like carried with them for the whole career. Like, as just like psychotherapy. Like, why was this like something that had to be part of their live sets? I mean, that's for the next like twenty or next. I guess 10 years. That's clearly what they wanted their legacy from the 80s to be was that kind of like psychotherapy, mama's boy. Like, I don't agree with it, but that's clearly what they thought was. And I remember those songs kind of slowing down the live sets. Like, the, um, it was always like, are they really going to play Somebody Put Something in My Drink? And you had to be like, God damn, when will this end? Yeah. Well, I, I think, and, and we'll get into each of these songs because. The, the the real shining part of this record, I, I would have to assume most would agree, are uh, tracks 7, 8, and 9 when you're going from Chasing the Night, oh, yeah. uh, Howling at the Moon, and Daytime Dilemma. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Those are pop, all hits. Three pop songs, yeah. three four-minute-plus tracks. But none of them yeah. none of them feel long. No, yeah, no, no. They're they're just no. Like, I don't like I, songs over two and a half minutes, but I these mean, are I four, would, and I'm... Okay, yeah, but, but when we're looking at... I would venture to say, for me, like from Durango 95 to, the, to Daytime Dilemma, you just have... A great little segment there. I like yeah, all those songs a lot. Danger Zones, kind of. <laughs> hey, what song are we what doing? What song are we doing now? Already? I love that song. Already? I love Danger Zone. Danger Zone's great. Danger Zone is no. like what they're going for in those first three songs. <laughs> no. They're not doing well. Love Danger Zone. No. Love <laughs> Stop it, Art. Oh, Danger Zone guys. is not a good it's song. It's dumb. It's dumb, but yeah, it's, it's just not good. Right, it's so not good. You're right. You're right. John Shut up. Yeah, you're. No, You're Danger wrong. Zone is a bad song. Danger Zone, is, and Pat and I were talking before we started this. I, I, Danger Zone sounds like a, a song that a that that a shitty Ramon style band would would write when they were sixteen years old. And uh, I don't know. I hate that track. I, I really do. It's one of my it's well, one of my least favorite on the is record. Dur- 
Like you guys are stupid. They, they talk about <laughs> flipping your lid a lot in that song. You flip they? your lid, you flip your lid, you flip your lid, you flip your lid. They say you're just and he gets angry. You flip your lid, you flip your lid. Yeah, it's we, a lot of lid flipping. You guys have. Fl- I love that lyric. It's a great lyric. <laughs> Obviously, they did. Too. I didn't know what. It, like, yeah. Well, look. This is the stuttering like, hey, that, album. This that lyric's is the, great. You this should is say where, it five like, times in a row. Joey like develops the stutter on "Mama's Boy" and "Too Tough to Die," and then he just flips his lid and flips his lid. <laughs> but like. Why is Durango 95 its own track? Why is it not just an intro to Warthog? Like, why? Like, yeah, and it's, have to it's a very similar chord progression. It's a very progression similar chord uh, progression. It really feels like an intro to it. It, it definitely feels like an intro. Um, it's such an awkward place to put an, an instrumental track on this record, too. And yeah. the only one yeah. in their whole discography. Yeah. But, it, but it kind of it, it kind of announces a, a second part to the record. Uh, I, it, yeah. it's, it's, it does. So, like, if they let off with Drango 95 and Warthog, this record feels completely feel different. Completely like, you can different. even leave those first three shitty songs on there and just don't start the record yes. with them. Yeah. And this record's totally different. Totally different. And way better. Absolutely, it's it's funny that a that a Ramones instrumental can be that good. Yeah. You know, I, I mean, I, I mean, when yeah. you look at it, a, a punk is so stripped down and real. You know, really, it, it kind of relies. You know, there there are so few punk instrumentals, and even the ones that there are usually have some type of you know, a, at least from the pop punk genre that that I'm most familiar with. You have some type of lead over top of it. You have some type of you know a second guitar doing something. This is just a minute long bitching chord, you know, bitching chord progressions. Great. Just, you Great. know, they crank it live. They, it sounds great on here. Durango 95, one of, it's funny to say one of the best Ramones tracks, but, you know, it's a minute long, and the second you hear Durango 95, like, that is the fucking Ramones. And like, from that start is to finish, I, yeah. it's just like, just punches you in the face. Like, the abrupt stop at the end and everything, and yeah. then it just like, yeah. so it's, you... You can play any song you want after that. Like it becomes a very versatile song because it's just like a minute go, 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 and stop. Yeah, yeah, and then count off one, two, three, four, and you're on to your next. But, but that's uh, it. It can't be understated how how important Durango '95 I think is, and for it to for it to come after Too Tough to Die is funny. It does. It does kind of feel like a reset. Like almost an admission, it feels like, like okay, the album starts. Yeah. yeah, it's like okay, like we didn't have enough tracks. So uh, after the title track, yeah. the album begins. Yeah, very strange. So, uh, but yeah, let's. Uh, so then um, we go on to our hardcore friend Warthog, which we've all announced our love for, except Pat. So for Pat, it's, it's you don't a good like song. Warthog. I like Warthog. Okay, I think it's the best of the the hardcore songs. I mean, it's out of order, so. but it seems like that's when we should talk about Endless Vacation because they're so they're so like. What if Similar. we didn't talk about Endless Vacation? We need to talk about we Endless Vacation. We need to talk about Endless Vacation and how great it is. That's one of my favorite Ramones songs. Yeah, uh, it's a terrible the, song. I one remember, of his favorite you know, Ramones songs. That's what you just said. I remember the I first time... Uh, well, I like it. I like Endless Vacation much more than High Trails Above. <laughs> <laughs> I remember a, a, a friend gave me this record to listen to when I was in high school. I, uh, he knew I was a Ramones fan. and he uh, At that point in time, I, I didn't have Too Tough to Die, so he did lend it to me and... Uh, it was the first time I heard Endless Vacation, and I loved that track. I played it constantly, and I think it was because it was... I liked the song, but I also liked how annoying it was. <laughs> you know, I, I mean, you, you listen to those vocals, and, you know, whether he's droning on just repeating Endless Vacation over and over again, and then when he starts just ramping it up and... and uh, 
you know, uh, almost a rambling style, but he, but he, he stays with the guitar and, and the rest of the song. And uh, I just, I got a soft spot for Endless Vacation that probably wouldn't have been thought of if you listen to the rest of these stupid podcasts. But that's, uh, I like Endless Vacation. Is, is what I, I do. Is what what I'm at. starting to have a moment, though, of is, as Dude. you just <laughs> too, with all these of your podcasts are stupid. For, well, that too. <laughs> There's that, but with all of your dislikes, for you to suddenly give this like glowing love for endless vacation when <laughs> fucking like oh loudmouth, I don't like loudmouth, I skip loudmouth, loud but I love endless vacation. That's where it's crazy. Like loving loud. endless vacation, that makes perfect sense yeah. to me. But it's no loudmouth. Oh, it absolutely <laughs> is. Uh, I yeah, because loudmouth's a good song. Maybe it's I like because loudmouth more. Like, yeah, like now yeah. 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 we all, everyone in the world loves loudmouth more. I do love Endless Vacation, don't get me wrong, but Jesus Christ. But I, I, you know, and once again, Endless Vacation, the uh, first time I heard it, I'm hearing it on the, the two, t- you know, I'm hearing it along the rest of the tracks of Too Tough to Die versus Loudmouth, and I'm listening to the, you know, the self-titled record on In that context, and, I get it. Yeah, okay. You know, and once again, I, I'm not, I don't know why I hate Loudmouth as much as I do. I, I, don't, I don't have. Nobody does. Yeah, okay. I yeah. don't have a rhyme or reason for a lot of this stuff. It's just, you know, it's what my, you know. I, I'm. I, it's what my brain just you know goes with, and, and for some reason, mouth, baby. You, you know, shut it up. yeah, I hate that track. Uh, so but good. but I like but I, I I do have you know once again I I remember. I don't loudmouth is just so whatever to me, but I I remember endless vacation and just thinking like wow this song is just really left field. Yeah, not surprisingly, and, when I was first getting you know, into punk and hardcore, there were so many used copies of Too Tough to Die. And like, so I had it on cassette and vinyl because you could just, anytime you were in a record store, there was going to be a copy of that. You just uh, could get it for anywhere. Used. Because people got rid of it. <laughs> but we they started talking. You even listen to the whole record there. That's true. Got and halfway and, into Too Tough to Die. And like, I remember because here I have, I've been defending this album. I listened to it again. And the, after the first, I was like, oh my God, this is terrible. And then after the third song, when Durango 95 kicked in, I was like, okay, we're here. It's a good record. That's so, such a weird record. It's just very inconsistent, I feel like. It's very inconsistent. And to this point, I have liked most of the songs on every record. And now yeah. it's just like. It's a couple but you like Danger Zone with me here. Yeah, Danger Zone yeah. is great. Yeah, it, it's it is odd because it just this record does not know what the hell it wants to be, yeah. and yeah. you you know whether it's uh, I would love you know. to hear twelve songs like Chasing the Night. Chasing the Night's an incredible song. There's no way the Ramones could come up with twelve songs like Chasing the Night, though. Well, I mean, uh, they didn't uh, even uh, write uh, that uh, one themselves. Yeah. So. Well, yeah, they had yeah. help from Busta Cherry Jones. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, if if Too Tough to Die was Chasing the Night, Howling at the Moon, Daytime, Daytime Dilemma, over and over again. Which, which Howling at the Moon, uh, Dee Dee is the writer, and Daytime Dilemma, Joey and Daniel Ray. We, we, we see our first uh, uh, our first shot of Daniel Ray on any of these. The, am, I, am, I, am I wrong on that? Is that right that it's the first one? I think it is. I think it might be. Uh, so, yeah. I, I, I mean... That's also the um, sole video from this album, Howling at the Moon, which is a great video. We have Robin's Redemption Corps that drives around and gives poor people things that um the ramones are redistributing and it's a pretty un-pc video there's a scene involving prostitutes for example or i shouldn't say scene a shot but it's a really cool video yeah the ramones videos from the 80s definitely are memorable yeah and you, you really uh 
you're really hearing a, a, a little bit more, um, whereas we used to, to get a lot of tongue-in-cheek political stuff with them, uh, you're starting to get a more socially aware Ramones, for better or worse, on, on some of these tracks. Yeah, and uh, I think it's and, sort know. of also sort of, yeah, it's sort of like became an expectation of um, of punk music too. But I think part of it was also by this point, halfway through the career, you had a more confident Joey and he was the more outspoken and aware one politically where, you know. But even, I mean, you know, I, I, I guess we'll get to it at some point, but Planet Earth 1988, that's Dee I mean, that is a Dee track. and Sure, but you look at the dynamic of the band though. Yeah. And then you've got, you know, like Joey who's going to start standing up to Johnny at this point and be like, fuck you and Ronald Reagan, we're yeah. doing this song. <laughs> You call him my president a monkey. <laughs> Next record, yeah. So, so I, I mean, and regardless of how the songs, you know, our, our feelings of the songs, it, it is definitely a, a bit of a shift. Do you um, think he thought it was pronounced conservatives? Oh yeah, totally. Uh, well, I think we've just kind of seen over and over again that I, you know, between Burger King and everything else, they, they you know, they'll do whatever they have to do to. To fit a lyric in, yeah. <laughs> this is a true you know, statement. We're not talking about Greg Graffin here, who has, who, who you know, uh, who have we're not talking about Greg Graffin here. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you know, you know, these aren't these aren't overly little, educated but, individuals yeah. that are, you know, uh, uh, you know, these are guys that are trying to fit certain lyrics in, and you know, that's that's uh, that's that's what they do, and they do it well. Yeah, they do, and we laugh every time. We do, but it's part of the charm. Absolutely. This record has my favorite Ramon song. Oh. Favorite Ramon song. Favorite Ramon song, and it comes from the 80s. Yeah. I'm as confused as you are. All right. I have to assume it's either 7, 8, or 9. It is. Um, Daytime Dilemma? It's my favorite Ramon song. Okay. I mean, I have to agree that that's certainly the best song on the album. It's not my favorite Ramon song, because I'm not insane, but (laughs) it's a great song. So that's the best song on the album. My favorite record's Road to Ruin. My favorite song is Daytime Dilemma. I don't know if I could pick a favorite song from this record. I feel there's like so many that I like very much that are all around the same. Like I put Warthog, Chasing the Night, Howling at the Moon, Daytime Dilemma. Chasing the Night's a close contender. Chasing the Night's great. And I kind of, Chasing the Night's one of the songs that has to rescue this record for me that I kind of forget how good that is. Yeah, really good. Chasing the Night has that weird guitar breakdown, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, That would be the only thing that would put me, uh, uh, that would put me towards, um, but that's uh, one of the songs like Moon or even dilemma. so because that's do we the, not talk about chasing the night? Do we skip it? No, we kind of well, we kind of we kind of glossed yeah, over yeah. it. Yeah, we glossed. I mean, we really didn't talk about Danger Zone other than YouTube fuckers <laughs> like it. Um, <laughs> well, chasing the night. Aside from Durango '95, like those are the two standouts on the first side. Even Warthog, which you know I like Warthog, but it's just kind of like the first three songs suck. Durango '95 is great, but it's a minute long instrumental. Warthog's good song. It's coming from your first exposure being Mania. You know, that's a song that sticks with you because it's familiar. Danger Zone is not a great song. And then you finally get to Chasing the Night. And it's like, okay, this is something new. I just had to look up Busted Cherry Jones. I, I will, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll plead ignorance for a uh, lot of different things. And that also, I don't, did not know who Busted Cherry he, Jones was. Um, uh, but he co-wrote a lot of hit uh, songs. Um, I think he wrote yeah. some Talking Head songs. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's what they're uh, that's what they're saying on there. So I so I, I needed to look that up. Um, 
Uh, not to be confused with Busta Rhymes, who's yeah, a different They're different artist. different artists. Not very much, though. They have some similar They're very, very similar. Daytime Dilemma is an interesting choice for favorite Ramones song. It's a great song. Is it because you came from a happy home, a very happy home, a home of happiness? Was uh, a great A student, naturally. That's you had it all in place. You had it all in place. Yeah, on, worth what they seem, on for a favorite Ramon song, but but not a you know definitely a shining track of the eighties. You know what was a real bummer is it's um, a great song. that it's fallen by Planet Earth nineteen eighty eight. Also, yes. Uh, so going um, referencing again Art's favorite Ramones tribute album by uh, Rob Zombie. <laughs> <laughs> Eddie Vedder and Zeke do Daytime Dilemma, and it's actually good. That's not possible. I, it shouldn't be, because Eddie Vedder and Zeke both suck. Well, Zeke doesn't... Well, I don't like Zeke that much. They don't <laughs> suck, though. I'm not a fan, but I'm know. not Eddie Vedder. I, I, I'm not okay. going to search we're, this we're, out. We're going to go, you know... I wouldn't. I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and defend it. Eddie Vedder, but I don't. I don't think Eddie Vedder is that bad of a. I don't. As far as a mainstream lead singer goes, I mean, he, he is what it is. That shit know, almost um, killed music in the nineties. He's a monster. <laughs> that, that, that man sucks so bad. I, 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 I don't mean, necessarily I don't know, know the, it. I don't know the guy. Almost he killed music. Almost killed he music in the nineties. Like are you might fucking be a kidding me? Guy. Like that band. Like, I fuck you suck. I certainly <laughs> didn't expect to hear some like Eddie def- Eddie Vedder defenders coming up. Well, here. because I, I know I, no, I'm like, not sitting here like to, like, like I like, said I'm not going to sit here and own, say okay. that I own any Pearl Jam records. I would like, don't anything bad to but say, I, about I would. I, I, I have nothing to oh, say. I, mean, I, I don't. I I don't think he's. I don't know. like the name. I don't like the <laughs> well, Pearl Jam. Fuck, fuck like, you. Like. <laughs> I I don't know. He just kind of gets stuck up there with like I don't know Dave Grohl, uh, you know, uh, just uh, uh, fucking one of those everywhere assholes that'll do whatever the hell he wants. And you know, I I, I don't know. I think that's what happens when you're extremely famous. Yeah, I, I mean, you either die of a drug overdose or you end up Dave Grohl, or become like Johnny Ramone's best friend. Yeah. How weird was that? Yeah. There was a lot of good music in the '90s in Pearl Jam, wasn't it? <laughs> Once again, not necessarily <laughs> defending the Pearl Jam catalog. I've never heard. Heart. I'm just saying so highly of Eddie Vedder. Uh, totally. I, I, <laughs> I'm just saying, who the fuck gives a shit? You know, I mean, at least he and well, the, I don't look. Like the, the guy Eddie covered. Jam. I want to live. Who the fuck covers? I want to live. Well, there's uh, a yeah. The, there's the thing or, is, or was it? I want to live. What was the? Uh, I, I believe know. in miracles was the one they fucking covered. Uh, you know, as I lower songs. my pistol. <laughs> no, um, it's not. The, the thing is, is like there was a lot of great music going on then, and I hated that every documentary, every like everything was all about these like handful of just like awful bands. And to this day, I don't give a fuck. Like people want to hear what like Dave Grohl has to say about everything, and I, I just don't. No, neither do I. Um, once again, I, I I just don't understand the absolute hatred yeah, why, for for why listen, for why I care what Dave Grohl has to say when you can listen to what Eddie Vedder has to say. <laughs> <laughs> and that's how this podcast rather, will start. I want to know what Eddie Monster has to say. <laughs> I saw him at Kennywood. I'll bet you did. He's, he's no, I I, I just think you know what. <laughs> uh, I mean, regardless of what you think of Eddie Vedder, he he you know. Uh, I mean, he might be uh, a great guy. I am really uh, he, sorry I brought this up. Well, I mean, you know, we got to kill a half hour somehow. Um, and we're, yeah. we're killing it. All right, good. All right, great. Well, you can just edit all this shit out like you do anyways. Uh, <laughs> but I don't know. I, I just don't, I don't have the hatred for the guy, um, you know, and he seems like a legitimate Ramones fan, you know, whoever 
whoever the hell. Do the we guy. know he didn't kill Johnny? No. It is messed up that all four of the Ramones are dead, and Eddie Vedder's not. Right, and that's sort of uh, like it, it, it's so messed up. I don't, e- I, I don't even use the term messed up. I usually just say fucked up. But like, <laughs> it's like so serious. It's messed up. Oh boy. Uh, what I mean, Johnny died of what colon cancer. So I mean, unless there's a the only one who died of punk causes is Dee Dee. Yeah, slumped over the back of a couch. Well, it's worse ways to go. Oh you know, yeah, I mean you could. You could have not been DD your whole life. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds pretty well, I mean, awful. You, you could suffer for years with a debilitating uh, illness, or you know, just be just be great. Drug addiction life. is an illness. You could go out looking like Andy Warhol, like DD did. Uh, but okay, why was that five minutes on Eddie Vedder and <laughs> yeah, we me, me having me having to explain that I don't give that big of a shit about Eddie Vedder. I just but we don't, don't believe it yet. We also <laughs> spent at least five minutes on your love for endless vacation, which was warranted. That was cool. Well, then this is a very Jody heavy episode. <laughs> I like uh, it. Which I like um, it. I met one uh, of your uh, biggest fans. Yeah, this that's. Week. Well, obviously not, because now I'm talking about how I love all this shit. Yeah, now he's mine. Now, yeah, now he's yeah, mine. Yeah, now he's Mr. Yeah. Endless, Endless Vacation. Yeah, now I'm now I'm. Well, ruining, now you I'm can talk about your brand. favorite song, Planet Earth 88. I don't hate this track. <laughs> oh, God. That can't be. I don't. I don't hate this track. And I probably don't hate it for different reasons. <laughs> it's the only bad, bad, bad song. Wrong! Human kindness on this record, Art. There's Fuck. three not great songs, which are the first three. There's only one terrible song. And it's Planet no, Earth. No, Planet Earth 1988, number one. It's it's very funny because, uh, uh, it's a you know, the, those who don't know me know I, I, I am a guitar player and I've played with Pat for a number of years. And I one of the things I do pride myself on is I know Planet Earth 1988 and I love playing that song. Mostly there's, to annoy Pat. And there's nothing time. he loves more than upsetting me. No, and I do. And so this song has a soft spot for me for a different reason. Um, I, I, I just listened to it in the car on the way here. And I, and and the lyrics are, you know, going down that political route. This is one of those songs where it's um, uh, it's a very different. I I don't hate Planet Earth nineteen eighty. I think I don't you, love it, but I don't I don't hate it. It's not the worst track on the record. You can make an argument for it. It's it's incredibly dumb, but I think that's where it is. Where it just goes around that it's so dumb that I'm I'm into it again. <laughs> Because <laughs> like, you can get, you can get like you can really make an argument for Planet Earth 1988. Like you can make an argument for Hitler. I mean, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can make an argument for Hitler, but like I mean, hey. Planet Earth 1988. Yeah, like, that's some good ideas. Uh, Planet Earth I, I just like how much they're trying. They there's so much to say. They're 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 trying so hard to say something, but they can't a, say it very well. There is a piano really in that great. song too, which yeah. uh, you know when they hit that when when they hit that that chorus, there there are these really prominent. Piano hits uh, that are that that's kind of yeah. funny. So I don't think I like this song as much. I I like this song because I can annoy Pat with it at any point in time when we're playing together. I mean, there's no um, reason for the song to exist, which is why I think I like it. Like, there's wh- why, but then it's there. Yeah, not only the song exists, but it kept Smash You off the record. Yeah, I mean, I can understand that. Probably the worst thing that's going to come on this podcast is me getting these reissues that I never had. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to regret it so much. This podcast just costs Art a hundred dollars. <laughs> yeah. Well, fortunately, because no one buys CDs anymore, it's more going to be like ten dollars. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, it, it's it's a, it's a very uh, socially political song. It's, it's not the worst song. track on the record, at least as far as I'm concerned. It's, it it is more of a throwaway song. I'm not going to sit here and defend it and say it's one of my favorites, but it, it, it it's. I don't necessarily skip past Planet Earth 1988 every time it's on. Um, 
I think about it, and then it's over, and I say, it's too late. It's too late. It's too late. (laughs) At least it's under three minutes. It feels like it's 12 minutes. Now, the the next track is a... uh, Is this our our first Richie song? Uh, Yeah. Uh, Humankind is our is our first Richie and uh, song. And maybe that the proves. worst worst run song to this point. <laughs> I love the song. Uh-huh. <laughs> Humankind is such what? a good song. Oh no. I I, no. I don't have anything good to say about it. Wow. Are you kidding me? It's awesome. I, I don't like <laughs> Humankind. Humankind is such a good song. Maybe it's because it comes after Planet Earth 1988. That Maybe. does help. There's any no song. no Humankind. It's a good Planet song. Earth 1988. None of you like Humankind. Humankind? No. Oh dude. No. I don't, I don't care. It's not Planet Earth 1988. You're right I know, about that. That's better. No. Yeah. Oh, I take Planet Earth over Humankind. Uh, Planet Earth is a terrible, terrible song. Well, you both take Planet Earth 1988. 100%. Over 100%. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yes. nuts. Yeah, Art's right. You guys are nuts. Nah. Nuts. Nah, this is like the All right. Do you want to meet these losers here and go to Burger King? I think that's a good idea. Let's <laughs> go to Burger King. I mean, the lyrics, right. I, I, you know, the verse and chorus on yeah, I mean, Humankind, it, it's, it's just a weird. I don't know. It's it's a weird track. I yeah, I don't like. Yeah, it. I mean, not much more to say. To I mean, at least Planet Earth, nineteen eighty eight. You know what you're getting. Yeah, they Human say discrimination is, against the blacks, which yeah. I think is a hilarious lyric because I feel like blacks should be an adjective and not a noun. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a very PC lyric. <laughs> Look, they're trying, and plus, it's the eighties. They are really trying, and that's what's so funny about it. They're trying, but they don't know what they're doing. Humankind benefits from being sandwiched between <laughs> Planet Earth 1988 and Endless Vacation. I love Endless Vacation. The album picks up again at the end. The last three songs are awesome. Oh, come on. It's a great <laughs> end of the album. The yeah, last two songs are awesome. Oh, No Go. I love No Go. <laughs> no Go's great. Humankind's just good, but No Go's great. Endless Vacation's great. No Endless Go's Vacation's great. great. No Endless Go's Vacation's great. Is- Terrible. Do you not like No Go, Pat? I do like No Go. Well, well, I would hope so. I don't. It know. takes till the end of the album for Pat to see the error of his ways. I don't know how I feel about No Go. I I used to like it more than I do now. You know? <laughs> well, I, used I to can't like, get past yeah. John. I used to like Mama's John, Boy, John, and I'm John not afraid of like. On this one, man. <laughs> yeah, No Go is awesome. I don't. I'm I'm trying to remember No Go, which. Once again, I, I know it's not a song that I hate. I just it think sounds it's, just like questioningly. It's strikingly similar to questioningly. It just becomes a song I, I can't place. Um, That's uh, never a good you know, sign for a song. Yeah, but no, you know, I whenever I mention this record, no go is always a is always a song that I say, uh, you know, it is one of the ones that I don't hate on this record. But as I'm sitting here right now. I don't remember no go. <laughs> so that's that's probably pretty bad, but it is what it is. I wouldn't say it's a great song, but I also think it's like that song being one of the weaker, popular songs, like that doesn't benefit from the great pop songs that are on here. So like you compare no go to like Planet Earth nineteen eighty eight and it's great, but you compare it to Chasing the Night and it's like, eh, this is a good song, but it's whatever. Yeah, if what we said about the first few albums, um, except for Jody, but the rest of us said that they were very consistent records, um, this is like the, probably the most inconsistent. Not probably. This is the most Yeah, this is absolutely the most inconsistent yeah. record. It's a mess. They have at least three different things going on, three different types of music, but two of the three are good, and the other one we can do without. 
Nine songs out of 13 are great. Three are not great, and one is bad. And that is the breakdown, as per me. We finally get the bad song from Art. I mean, it's a Planet Earth 1988 <laughs> is not so... Not Which is so, still funny to me, because you really put Planet Earth 1988 over I'm Not Afraid of Life. <laughs> Can you, I'm I, Not I Afraid mean, of Life yeah. is not a good song, but Planet Earth 1988 is worse. Yep. Wow. Well, I agree with that. I don't, I don't think so. I, yeah. Planet Earth, I'd, I'd, I'd enjoy before uh, I'm Not Afraid of Life. And we do have a couple of, uh, you know, uh, we always talk about the records, but, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. Uh, um, uh, on the reissues, we did have a couple of uh, additional tracks. Um, you had their cover of the Rolling Stone Street Fighting Man, or, uh, yeah, Street Fighting Man, um, which, odd sounding, but not terrible. Better than some of the songs that actually made the record. Yeah, and then you have the second Richie Ramone rec- uh, song, "Smash You." It's a good which song. You had referenced, which is is actually a pretty good, pretty good track. And I I'll remember see you at the Richie show later yeah. this month. Yeah, Damn, except we didn't get it. Yeah, but he's gonna sing it. If Joey was singing it, that'd be cool. Uh, he uh, no, um, but yeah, "Smash You" actually a pretty good a pretty good uh, pop punk type song um, that. I don't know. Uh, maybe it didn't fit on the record. When you when you listen to the other songs on the record, would would smash you really have? I mean, does uh, anything fit on this record? Yeah, that is true. When you're talking about an inconsistent record, what if they included know, some yeah. of the Dee Dee singing versions that we had that we on. just listened to? Yeah, that would be interesting. Well, we we had already decided any of the Dee Dee versions of the songs probably were would have been almost more excusable. Yeah, I mean the so, DJ version of "Too Tough to Die" is way more listenable than the uh, yeah, than almost the because version. you expect that from you know I I well after listening to DD for for so many years you, you almost expect that from him. It's like which a really is, great song. <laughs> <laughs> John's my favorite person today. Uh, John's just messing with us. Uh, yeah, is the thing. I really like when DD sings all the time. I, I do as well. I, I love when it does. I, I mean, it's what, they yeah, never overused you know. it. It was just such a such a treat every time. Yeah, like, it's just like candy. <laughs> a good descriptor is treat. It's a treat. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's uh, you know, it, it becomes uh, more and more the norm after this record that it, that he'll show up uh, uh, going through the catalog a little bit, and then whenever he hits the CJ years, uh, CJ is usually singing Didi Ramone uh, songs and. It it would be interesting. I don't know why songs are chosen to be sung by uh, by the bass player rather than the lead singer, but um, I don't know. Maybe it's something. Maybe homework in advance. I look forward to talking about several of these. But but yeah, we we did listen to some of the DD uh, vocal tracks of uh, of a few of the songs on Too Tough to Die, and and I think we all agreed if DD were singing them. I don't know if it would have been better, but it would have been almost excusable, which is kind of funny. <laughs> it would have made sense. Yeah. And can we talk about one other thing with this record, and that is how awesome the album cover is. It's fantastic. This is the best yeah. Ramones album cover, and it's not even close. The name of the re- you know, for as shitty as the song is, the name of the record uh, with that album cover, with the silhouettes, yeah, uh, and the blue background, and the and the and the smoke and the fog and everything, it, you know, I remember oh. reading in what was it Monty Melnick's book about how they uh, 
you know, I guess it was just some, was it in Central Park or something like yeah, that? Some, they, and it was like a camera fluke or something that caused the silhouetting. But, uh, but yeah, they just, you know, bagged off the one end, threw in some blue lights, and, you know, boom, you have, you have what is probably one of the better album titles, especially paired with the, with, with the picture of the cover. Uh, I mean, if you looked at this record, I, I'd, I'd buy this record on Look Alone. And then, uh. What's the what's the back of the record? Is it just a part of the part of the leather jacket? Yeah. Is that a so I mean I you know uh, the the look of this record is probably my favorite out of all of the Mo- all of the Ramones records. Uh, uh, album cover, back sleeve, everything. This is especially what we get on the next record <laughs> with Richie and the Monkey. Um, <laughs> what's the part of this album cover? The silhouettes were part due to uh, Johnny uh, getting assaulted. Was that around that time? Oh, maybe. Because I think that's what led to the Too Tough to Die uh, title. That's okay. right. And they didn't want to, if I recall correctly, they didn't want to put his face on the cover. They because said was... somewhere that the um, that there was some camera fluke, but I know that um, it's supposed to be a Clockwork Orange tribute, too. That's what, what was also said, was that they're supposed to have like sort of like a... Yeah, Johnny wanted the, clo- the artwork to conceptually refer to a Clockwork Orange film. Uh, released in 1971, Johnny wanted a picture that would evoke memories of the gang in a Clockwork Orange. He did get beaten up very badly. Yeah, where um, they sha- they had to shave his head or something. You know, yeah. so he wore. A, apparently, there was a brief period of time where he wore a hat during Ramon shows. Um, I only wear hats that have sports on them. Like sometimes I'll have one with a band name on it, and I'll be like, "Oh wait, that doesn't say you know a sport, so I can't wear it." I feel Johnny probably had a Yankees hat on. Yeah, I'm sure he did. I'm wearing a sports hat as we speak, and uh, that's only because I like to pay thirty dollars for hats. <laughs> I'm wearing a Templar shirt because I'm just a guy who likes to dress punk. I am still wearing that uh, Shaquille O'Neal sweatshirt. Uh, but you're giving up the, you know, then we're either wearing these clothes twice or people know that we're I, I have That's two in one shot, you fuckers. I mean, I bought this shirt in the early 90s, so... Uh, it still fits you very well. Yeah, like, it was big to uh, wear larger shirts um, back then. This is where Pat's editing comes in. This is where, as we're talking, Pat's like, these fuckers are going to have to <laughs> Yeah, edit. I'm going to have to cut all this shit. Don't say anything else. Does anyone have anything else to say about Too Tough to Die? Maybe. Uh, yeah, no. It, it's a, no I, I think it's pretty much there. It's an inconsistent record that has a few really amazing songs on Some it. Of the um, and, uh, you know, a few great live staples. Um, and we get our first DD. Uh, uh, you know, the DD vocals will become used to over time. And, um, yeah. Yeah, because the Dee Dee track on the prior album is not like the Dee Dee we came to know and love. No, and the record re- revisiting not as bad as I remember. Uh, you know, not one that would be in heavy rotation at the Davis household. Thank you for listening to the Halfway to Sanity podcast. If you liked what you heard, tell your friends there's even more fun to be had on our Facebook page at Halfway to Sanity podcast.